You'll do as you're told. Because if you don't, I'll be in charge of the beating next time. The longer I stay in here, the less chance I have of going back across the Nullarbor. And that suits me fine. You don't ever tell a screw anything about anything. I sentence you to six months' detention in Wentworth. Hi, and welcome to Cell Block Age Podcast. I'm your host, Lars. As you might have read or noticed, I've been on a break for quite some time. Life has just gotten in the way, one can say. As of recording this, it's the 26th of December 2019, and I do not know when this episode will go out. Hopefully though, 2020 will bring a bit more consistency to the releases. Episode 5 was written by Reg Watson, produced by Ian Bradley and directed by Ron Hardy. It was first aired the 7th of March 1979. Mum is still being mugged by that old bitch Mrs. Gibson. And then she has some sort of nightmare? All colors are distorted and were greeted by Meg looking creepy as fuck with a huge smile on her face. And then Vera escorts her through a long corridor of the prison. One by one the doors open and we see prisoners smiling back at the camera. Except Frankie. She looks kind of sad. Finally we hear Doreen call out to mum. And as the camera pans towards the end of the hallway, we see Doreen holding Teddy. She's asking mum if she can hear her, as mum is awakened by her daughter, Lorraine. We find out that Ron has brought mum home, and she's quickly informed that she's been dead for years. And now she's supposed to act the role of Aunt Violet instead. As we head back to the prison, we see that Lynn is still on a hunger strike. But let's not worry about that. Instead, let's go to the rec room and get ourselves a great one-liner from Frankie. Now what we need around here is another murder. Really livened the place up last week. (laughs) I know how you feel, Frankie. I mean, who doesn't love a good riot? (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. We get a quick scene in Mrs. Davidson's office, where Eddie explains in which areas he has to work in and for how long. I'm amazed he was let back after what happened with Marilyn during the riot, and I was actually somewhat convinced that his contract was ended right there on the spot, but apparently not. And I know I've skipped some scenes, but I won't go through scene by scene anymore. It takes too damn long for me to share my thoughts and feelings about every freaking scene. And as I've said in the past, I think in the last episode, this podcast is going to take a bit of another direction. Well, not direction, but I'm going to compromise the episodes so it will get a lot, lot shorter. And somewhere between this format and like a synopsis of some sort, not the ones I used to do like four sentences but a a lot shorter and then I probably will break down some scenes here and there but yeah anyways back to the governess 
Oh, Erica, you can't use such big words. Poor Eddie doesn't understand you. You have to talk to the common man in their language and not the ones of the educated. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Eddie. It all seemed kind of stale to me at first with the dance class, but I'd forgotten what happened later on. It's so funny when Frankie kicks B and then they dance on for a little while and you almost think that B won't retaliate. But of course she does. She's Queen B. As Frankie is about to blow her top, we get some real nice smash cuts with Karen who's taken back to the start of the riot and sees the potential for another one as Frankie starts to lose her cool. And as a viewer, you're not really sure what's about to happen. I mean, we've already seen Frankie lose her shit twice over just three episodes. First when Doreen is moved out of her cell, and then when she loses her top dog spot as the women walk out of the dining room and it all escalates to our first riot. But Karen can't take it. She freaks out and runs out of the rec room, diffusing the whole situation and Frankie calms down again. I'm not really sure that the tough facade you're trying to put up is working so good for you, Karen. I mean, earlier you said, and I quote, you might frighten the others, but you don't scare me. But now you run out of the rec room, bawling your eyes out. <laughs> Wait a minute, did I just hear a door slam shut right after Karen runs out? Also, there's a gate there. Not a freaking door. At the doctor's office, we get a short and funny scene where Marilyn tries her best to get Dr. Miller to put her on the pill. But he sees through her little act and gives her a stern warning about mucking up her parole by fooling around with Eddie. I don't know what the fuck Lynn is trying to do out in the garden, but it sure is a shit-ass attempt at getting out. I mean, just look at her. She can't dig for shit. Back at the doctor's office, Liz is being a fucking delight. Mind if I sit down? My old legs. Were well, they still giving you trouble? Oh, only if I walk a lot. Ah, oh, that's better. <laughs> Holy hell, how many times will she get away with her shenanigans throughout the show by just blaming her old age? This is really a funny episode. Oh man, I, I've missed watching some Prisoner. Um, I haven't watched this episode or any scenes or anything for months and months. So it's really good to getting back to it. After being caught sneaking contraceptives to Marilyn, Officer Yates is put on suspension, waiting an inquiry into the matters of possibly pushing drugs. But she quits instead. But Mrs. Davidson had just begun. You're delivering an ultimatum to me! Are you aware of the way some officers treat prisoners? Yes, that's when I deliver ultimatums. Thank you. <laughs> Holy hell, she's on fire today. Now let's listen to that again and let's imagine that Kelso happens to be in the episode in a crossover thingy. Are you aware of the way some officers treat prisoners? Yes, that's when I deliver ultimatums. Shh, shh, burn! 
can we please take a moment and try to get into the headspace of the character of Lorraine Watkins? What she thought when buying that fucking apron she's wearing. I will leave a link in the show notes so you can all have a good fucking look at it. I mean, holy hell, what even is that monstrosity? Bon appetit? My god, did the 70s ever have some criminally ugly looking clothes? It reminds me of the Swedish recipe book that started out as a blog, Den bruna maten, The Brown Food, that features dishes from the 70s, and it all looks fucking disgusting. By the way, is this the first time we hear the reason for mom being in prison for killing her husband? I know it's mentioned earlier that she's in for murder, but I mean the specifics of it. First she has to deal with the horny Miss Mason and her fooling around with Eddie. Then Lizzie comes in with a huge drunken smile on her face. (laughs) Fuck me. They cram a lot in the end of this episode, don't they? First Lynn is caught trying to escape and then she tries to run away like a horror movie victim and falls over in the slope. A bit of a klutz are we? Then the truth about Aunt Violet comes out. She's actually the kid's grandmother. Less than two minutes after this, we find out that mum has been arrested for shoplifting. It all ends with Lynn being in the doctor's office, finding out she's pregnant and realizes that the father of the baby is the man who raped her. I was a bit shocked when this was revealed, had completely forgotten that storyline threw me right off. The last little nugget I will share with you is that we got a new officer locking up the prison in the end credits, namely Susan Arnold, who's featured in the lockup scenes from episode 5 until 294. But we also see her in two episodes as Officer Graham in episode 6 and episode 47. I really liked the episode. It feels like the show is starting to go somewhere, with its storylines. Well, at least we get something more with Lynn and the prospect of finding out a bit more what actually happened. In the case of Karen, I kind of like her story, but she's a bit overdramatic sometimes. And her flashbacks can be a bit annoying sometimes. But she helps build some stories throughout the first bit of the series. Let's delve deeper into the series and let's talk about some possible spoilers. So, spoilers everyone, spoilers. I'm kind of sad to see old Yatesy leave so quick. I would have loved to see her as a corrupt officer a bit longer. Sure, we get some others throughout the show, but it would have been nice to have her for a couple more episodes. I didn't care that much for Christy Charles, two other characters in the show, Glynis Johnson and Willie Beecham. As I mentioned before, Officer Graham is the one locking up the prison from now on until 294. But in between these episodes we have some divergence, 
and for some reason I didn't talk about the first one that happens in episode 4. When Meg walks throughout the prison crying. I really thought that I've discussed it more than just in passing. Anyway, this is a great ending and I really think it's a shame that we only get a handful of these end credits throughout years. It really gives another vibe to the episodes and mostly kind of sad or dark endings. In episode 6, Doreen tucks a drunken Lizzie into bed. In episode 127, we get a close-up to the fence outside Andrew Reynolds' apparel factory. One of the weirder ones, and it feels kind of wasted when you look at all the others. In episode 139, we see Doreen in the sickbay crying after a failed suicide attempt. First of all, Kevin, if you say you're going to sit there for a while, do so. Not just up and leave like a minute after. Also, that haircut makes me want to vomit. B is crying in her cell after Ken says he's going back to his wife and family in episode 191. The last end credits that I know of that doesn't contain an officer locking up is the episode 239 when Lizzie burns down Sid's house. A great episode by the way. From episode 295 until 481, we have Officer Barfield going through the rounds locking up. She's played by Delva Hunter. We first see Officer Barfield in episode 169 and its last scene outside the end credits in 456. She also plays a policewoman in episode 30 and Officer Mary Watson in episode 64. The funny thing is they changed uniforms from the grey ones to khaki in episode 438 but isn't featured in the lockup scene until Officer Brown starts doing the lockup from episode 482 until the end 692. Officer Brown is played by Geraldine Irvin. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, sorry. She seems to be featured in a couple of episodes between 466 and 496 besides locking up. The last little nugget regarding end credits I have for you is episode 534 when they play Pixie Song instead of On the Inside. I've surely missed some parts because of the sources I use isn't always 100% correct and other times they contradict one another. And as a last resort, I just have to go by memory and trying to look it up as best I, as I can going through the episodes. So please let me know if I missed something or if you got some other little nuggets that you feel I should talk about. And as always, I will leave all the links in the show notes regarding my sources. We also have some new faces in the show. Kim Deacon, who plays Judith Ann Watkins for 15 episodes between episode 5 and 67. I didn't really care for her storyline being pregnant and all. I don't hate it, but it's kind of meh. Charles Gilroy, who plays Karen's priest in the flashback in episode 5, has a total of 7 roles throughout the series. They are Detective Carter in episode 33 and 34. Sergeant Frost in episode 123 and a personal consultant in 198, a barman in 305, 
Mr. Grimmins between episode 370 and 372, and last he plays Ralph in 510 and 511. Norman Kay, who plays Ron, Lorraine's husband, is in two episodes, this and episode 64. Neil Thompson, who this time plays Detective Sergeant Thomas for two episodes, five and six. He plays a detective in episode 18, a judge in episode 94, a magistrate in episode 102, another magistrate in 195, senior detective Burke for two episodes between episode 262 and 282. Sergeant Lewis in episode 386, Inspector Maynard for four episodes between 431 and 449. In his ninth role, he also plays an inspector, Ron Gordon, for three episodes between 581 and 587. I can't say that I remember any of the stories he's involved with, but I kind of like him. Feels like he's an old-timey detective. It's a shame that he didn't have the same character throughout the series. Sure, he's only in 18 episodes, and three of them is some kind of judge. But it would have been nice to see some continuity with his character. Almost forgot, he's also in Mad Max, like a lot of the actors in Selba Cage. He's the newsreader. Last up, we have Colin Vanacko. Colin Vanacko. Sorry for butchering that name as well. Who plays Mom's parole officer, Miss Gilmore, for episode 5. He later plays a jeweler in episode 33, Weasel for 3 episodes between 132 until 165, Detective Sergeant Lennox for 3 episodes between 277 and 279. He also plays a barista in episode 332, a prosecutor in 371, and in episode 445 and 446. And lastly, he plays Peter, the pedophile, in 527, where he tries to lure Shane into taking some naked photos, but he gets a saucepan full of hot milk on his face. That's all the time I got for you. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and if you want to contact me regarding anything about the show, please do so by tweeting at me at selbpodcast, emailing me at selblockagepodcast at gmail.com, or contact me on Facebook, Podcast. You can always find video updates on YouTube, just search for Podcast. Thanks again for listening, let's cue the outro and get the fuck out of here. Me down.